SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of the morning after on this Thursday, right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. And all across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Hour number two on the second to last day of the calendar year 2021. So many sports bringing you into the new year. A smattering across the sports landscape in this second hour, NFL week number 17 and some week 17 winners with Ryan Williams to close out our number two. Right before that, four college football bowl games on this Thursday. Josh Graham will join us down there in the triad in North Carolina where a team from UNC gets things started bright and early against South Carolina in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. At a time around 2 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Eastern today, we're going to see a grown man get doused with a cooler of mayonnaise. College football is the absolute best. We'll look across the slate for this Thursday, look back on the games that were in bowl season last night as well. But before we do all that, let's go around the association. So many sports to bring you into your new year. We need to make you the best, most informed sports better you can possibly be. So let's look back at last night in the NBA on the road in Memphis Tennessee the Lakers lose their sixth game in their last seven outings the Memphis Grizzlies a huge win last night at home 104 99 over Los Angeles they closed around a six-point favorite did the Grizz they do not cover but a big win 22 and 14 straight up this year Memphis has the fourth best record in the Western Conference and they're doing this behind at least last night John Morant 41 points to lead all scorers along with 10 rebounds. An absolutely fantastic night for Jaw. He outduels LeBron James on the other side, and LeBron has been fantastic as well. 37 points, 13 boards, 7 assists, 37 points for the King in year number 19. His sixth straight game with at least 30 points. He has scored 30 or more in 9 of the last 12 for L.A., but they have lost six of their last seven. They fall two games below 500 right now. So when you look at the Lakers this year, 17 and 19 straight up, they have lost six of their last seven. They have covered in two straight, still the fourth best odds to win the Western Conference crown on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We mentioned it. Memphis has the fourth best record straight up in the Western Conference. Also pretty good against the number, 21 and 15 ATS, despite not covering last night. But their odds to win the Western Conference right now, the eighth best on FanDuel at 30 to 1. Is there value there? I'm not entirely sure for how it all plays out toward the latter half of this NBA season. But the Memphis Grizzlies, certainly a team to keep an eye on. A wonderful young core led by John Morant. Again, 41 points, 10 boards last night. Throw in Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. They have a great team in Memphis grinding away right now in the grind city. On the other side of things, in the Eastern Conference, if you don't know by now, you certainly need to start recognizing the Chicago Bulls. They win their second straight game in a back-to-back affair for the second time in three nights against the Atlanta Hawks. They won on Tuesday night in Atlanta. They won last night at home in Chicago. Monday night in Atlanta, last night at home, a Wednesday in Chicago. The Bulls beating the Hawks 131 
117. Chicago covers as a nine-point favorite. The total of 227.5, pretty lofty by NBA, NBA standards, still goes over. Chicago was one of the first teams, as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here, to the second hour of the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast, and all of our radio affiliates, the second hour of TMA on the second to last day of 2021 i am ben stevens looking around all the sports in this second hour right now around the association some action from the hardwood last night in the nba so the bulls beating the hawks 131 117 their second straight win over the atlanta hawks their second win in three nights against atlanta chicago covering as a nine point favorite chicago was one of the first teams as we saw all the covid news break out across professional sports leagues to go on a slight COVID pause. But since returning from that COVID break, Chicago has won five straight. They have covered in four in a row. Chicago has the second best win percentage in the Eastern Conference, 22 and 10 straight up this year. Also now tied for the second best cover percentage in the NBA at 65.6%. Also the second best record against the spread as a favorite this year. In the 22 of 32 NBA games, Chicago has been favored this year. 16 and 6 against the number that's covering a nearly 73 percent of the Bulls games as a favorite Chicago the fifth best odds to win the Eastern Conference at 12 to 1 not a lot of movement in that number since earlier on in the regular season Chicago entered at 26 to 1 to win the East now 12 to 1 their odds cut by more than half but so the Brooklyn Nets the Milwaukee Bucks the Miami Heat and the Sixers ahead of Chicago I certainly think there's value on the Bulls. All five starters score in double figures last night, led by Zach Levine, but Nikola Vucevic, a wonderful stat line, 16 points, 20 boards. Back to the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns now tied back atop the NBA standings. 27-7 and seven straight up, tied with the Golden State Warriors for the best record in all of the association, handing the Oklahoma City Thunder a 115-97 loss last night. Snaps a two-game losing skid for Phoenix. Snaps a three-game non-cover skid as Phoenix covers as a 16-point favorite. Phoenix has been a favorite in 30 of their 34 games this year, 16 and 14 against the number. So from the NBA to my favorite sport, college football. We look back on the bowl season slate yesterday and forward to this Thursday. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, yeah. When a new year is on the horizon, college football is the focus, both to round out the year that was and New Year's Day, of course, is synonymous with college football. Three bowl games yesterday, four more on the slate today, including the first of the New Year's six, and then, of course, tomorrow, the college football playoff. I have chills thinking about that right now. Sports Grid is going to be your home over the next 48 hours for everything you need to know heading in to the college football playoff heading in to new year's day in the new year six and of course while the games are happening in game live live betting opportunities like nowhere else 
in the industry. Right here, right now, on this Thursday edition of the Morning After on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159, we are going to get you set by looking back at last night, looking forward to today, and what is on the horizon after that. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. So let's dive in. Three great bowl games yesterday, including the Cheez-It Bowl. Yes, the Cheez-It Bowl. Two AP Top 10 teams in action, probably not where they expected to end the year, but still a great game yesterday between Clemson and Iowa State. The Tigers closed as about a two-point, one-and-a-half-point favorite. They cover that number, beating the Cyclones 20-13 to in the Cheez-It Bowl. Clemson struggled this year. We all know of their struggles early on. They lost football games. We did not expect them to lose. But when all was said and done, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson win 10 games, their 10th yesterday with a victory in the Cheez-It Bowl. They have now won double-digit games for the 11th straight year. At least 10 wins in 11 straight seasons. Even a dismal, bad, terrible year for the Clemson Tigers. They still win 10 games. They won six straight to end out the year, covering in five of their last six. The total yesterday of 44 and a hook, which was tied for the lowest of the entirety of bowl season so far. That'll get broken today, by the way. We'll break that game down a little bit later on. But the total of 44 and a hook yesterday stays under. It was tied for the lowest of bowl season. So Clemson ends the year winning six straight games, getting their 10th win, at least 10 wins, and now 11 straight seasons with a 20 to 13 win over Iowa State, covering as a one and a half, two, two and a half point favorite against the Cyclones, who end the year at seven and six were ranked in the top 10 entering this season. So more work to do for Matt Campbell in Ames moving forward. In the nightcap last night, a very interesting game to handicap the highest ranked Valero Alamo Bowl we have ever seen number 14 Oregon number 16 Oklahoma and it was wild because of the craziness we saw in the coaching carousel for both of these teams OU of course Lincoln Riley leaving without a second thought heading to Southern California that was one of the most shocking developments after the regular season in college football and then Oregon caught up in some huge drama with Mario Cristobal leaving Eugene to go to Miami Florida to become the head man at his alma mater for Miami so there was so much circulating around both sides in this game tons of opt-outs transfer portals all of that good stuff but when all was said and done who stepped in to steady the waters for the Sooners oh yeah that would be Bob Stoops, a familiar face and name back on the sideline for Oklahoma. And OU balls out yesterday, 47-32 in a shootout victory over Oregon. The Sooners closed as a seven-point favorite, easily covering that number. The total got steamed up from 60 and a half around this time yesterday morning all the way to 64. Still stood no shot. The total goes over yesterday. Oklahoma blitzed Oregon in the first half. They led at the break. 30 to 3. They were absolutely dominant. And Caleb Williams, the star freshman who was a part of the Heisman Trophy race for a little bit of time, will be one of the Heisman front runners entering 2022. That is for sure. Caleb Williams yesterday, 21 of 27, 242 yards, three passing scores against the Oregon Ducks. Now, Oregon struggled throughout the latter half of this college football season. And what we can take away from that game yesterday in the Alamo Bowl, probably more than anything, is that motivation needs to be a part of your handicap. Oftentimes, we tell you on this show to trust the process, trust the analytics, trust the trends, all of that good stuff. Don't think, oh, this team looks better, they're going to win. 
That was the case yesterday. Oregon was depleted defensively. Oklahoma took this rally-around approach behind Bob Stoops and that the Oklahoma football program was bigger than any singular man doesn't matter that Lincoln Riley, one of the best coaches in all of college, went to USC. Oklahoma is still a brand to be reckoned with. They put that on display yesterday. And now Brent Venables, who heads in to be the new head coach in Norman, the former defensive coordinator there under Bob Stoops, and of course, most recently under Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, I actually think Oklahoma has a rally spot and some very positive momentum moving forward into 2022. The third of the three bowl games yesterday, actually the opening game of the day, not far away from us, just up in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, Maryland absolutely destroys Virginia Tech in the pinstripe bowl. A shout out to El Jefe, the boss man himself, our wonderful boss here on the morning after and sports grid, Greg Sussman, a proud Maryland alum, had to love that result yesterday. The Terps winning 54 to 10 to cap off now a winning season, finishing at seven and six overall. Maryland easily covered as a three and a half point favorite. The total of 55 and a half. The Terps almost went over that by themselves. Talia Tungabailoa, know the name, not Tua's little brother. Talia Tungabailoa, 20 of 24 yesterday, 265 yards, two touchdowns was the pinstripe bowl MVP. Again, an easy handicap relative yesterday because there was so much uncertainty on the Hokies side. An interim staff in place. Justin Fuente had been fired. Brent Pry will be the new head coach moving forward. But tons of opt-outs and people entering the transfer portal. Maryland was the steadier of the two. Know that moving forward and take it into account for your handicapping. Maryland easily covering as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. In certain portions of the country, they call me Big Ten Ben, so I just want to make the point here. The Big Ten, a perfect 2-0 straight up in bowl season. Also a perfect 2-0 against the spread. Both Maryland and Minnesota covering as favorites. Hmm, just something to think about. Meanwhile, the SEC hasn't won a bowl game. Just saying, just saying. All right, since Monday, there have been eight bowl games that we have seen. Favorites now winning in a big way after underdogs were the story of the early going in post in bowl season. The favorites in the eight bowl games since Monday afternoon, six and two against the spread. Favorites were perfect covering numbers yesterday. The totals are even four unders, four overs. Take this with you heading into your handicapping for the rest of bowl season. And the rest of bowl season looks like an absolute dandy today on the penultimate day of 2021. Four bowl games, one that starts in about an hour from now in Charlotte, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl between North Carolina and South Carolina, a rivalry matchup that Josh Graham will join us next to help us break down. Another great game in the Music City today in Nashville, the Music City Bowl, the Music City Bowl, excuse me, Purdue taking on Tennessee. The Volunteers, a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Boilermakers. The over-under is up there at 64-and-a-half. Now, notice the line. It was six and a half for most of the early going and even yesterday now down to just five and a half in the or in Tennessee's favor but working in favor of Purdue. It will be the largest total you will see today at 64 and a half for all four bowl games. This is the third highest total for Purdue all year. They had six straight unders to begin the year then went over in four of their last six games. Now Tennessee is tied for the highest over percentage in all of college football, nine of the 12 games for the Vols this year, that's 75% hitting the over. That is why you are seeing a lofty total of 64 in a hook. Now, we know 
all about Purdue, right? As an underdog, the Boilermakers, the Spoilermakers have been very, very good. Three and three ATS as an underdog this year, but winning outright in all three of those covers. Tennessee just a favorite in six games this year, but four and two against the spread, covering by a good margin of 6.3 points per game. But if you break it down a little bit, and I'm being nitpicky because I'm Big Ten Ben and Purdue obviously out of the Big Ten Conference, Tennessee's probably best cover as a favorite, a slight pick em or one point favorite against Kentucky to start off the month of November. Tennessee, the 10th best scoring offense in the country, averaging nearly 38 points per game. Purdue, the sixth best passing offense in the country, averaging over 340 yards per game. That's why the total for the Music City Bowl is at 64 and a half. Plenty of more bowls to get to. That's next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the most wonderful time of the year, a holiday week between Christmas and New Year's Day where college football is the focus. Four, count them with me. One, two, three, four college football ball games on the docket on this second to last day of 2021. You are watching the morning after on Sports Grid all across the Sports Grid network and listening on Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on our good pal, Josh Graham, a radio host down there in the triad in North Carolina, the host of The Drive on WSJS Sports Radio, right in the Winston-Salem area. We'll look at Wake Forest in Rutgers, but Josh, a bowl game in your neck of the woods about to get underway in about an hour. The Duke's Mayo Bowl that we will break down because holy line movement in the past hour or so. But first, Josh, Wishing you an early, very happy new year, and thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you. Happy new year to your audience as well. We have to get into this game for all the mayonnaise in the entire state of North Carolina, maybe the entire United States, the Carolinas, the battle for the Carolinas. What more could you ask yeah. for, Ben? A rivalry game between South Carolina and North Carolina and a bowl game in which both head coaches have agreed that whoever comes out victorious will get doused with a cooler of mayonnaise. I'm not making that up. That is what we will have around 2.30 p.m. Eastern time in Charlotte after the conclusion of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Josh, first a question. I've never had Duke's Mayo, but I desperately want to try it. Have you? I've had Duke's mayonnaise, but I grew up more of a Hellman's man, more Hellman's gotcha. in the household than Duke's mayonnaise. I actually asked Mac Brown about, though, his agreement to actually have the mayonnaise doused on top of him for charity, $10,000 going to the winning coach's charity that decides to have mayonnaise doused on him. And he said, I, I just want to win the football game. It doesn't. I would agree to have my wife, Sally, hit me in the head with a frying pan every day for the next 365 days if it meant we won the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. So that is why this is such a big game, Ben. The frying pan bowl coming to somewhere near you in 2022 to round out the college football season. So as we look at this game today, like Josh mentioned, a rivalry matchup, South Carolina against their other state foe 
in North Carolina, and we have seen tons of line movement, Josh Graham, just this morning. This game kicks in a little bit more than an hour from now. UNC, as of about 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the line has worked in the Tar Heels' favor by two points already. North Carolina laying 11-and-a-half, the over-under 57 in a hook. So, Josh, obviously an indication North Carolina is going to win this football game. Can the Tar Heels cover now a very big number? See, this interests me because of what we saw with NC State a couple days ago, where hours leading up to the game, there were some COVID cases that obviously mm -hmm. led to that game not being played. Shane Beamer yesterday revealed that there were COVID positives in the South Carolina program, but said it wouldn't be enough to cancel this game. But the folks know something who might be missing this game. Maybe we don't know. It could be a significant game, a significant player leading up to kickoff. Otherwise, my thought, and I don't know if it would be yours, would be to take South Carolina. Just because consider this. North Carolina has been a disappointment all throughout the season. Picked 10th in the country in the mm -hmm. preseason, 6-6. Six and six. They finish out the year. They've been a nine and a half, or I'll say they've been a double digit favorite in power five games three other times this year. In those games, one and two outright in them. So they have a losing record outright in games they're double digit favorites in. So I would be a little bit concerned to lay the points. And the fact that this continues to climb in North Carolina's favor, I don't think I would touch it either from South Carolina's perspective, knowing that they have some COVID positives. Yeah, UNC, a favorite in all but two games this year, just covering three times in those 10 games as a favorite throughout the regular season in college football. Josh, it's pretty outstanding, honestly, that Shane Bieber got South Carolina to a bowl game in this, his first year in Columbia. Or, excuse me, Columbia, what is it? Where It is Columbia. No, you no, got it. Yeah, Columbia. You nailed it. I'm forgetting all my towns today, Josh. I got so much information and so much excitement in my head the fact that Shane Beamer has got the Gamecocks here is an indictment on where this program is going in a very positive direction so yes as an underdog I think there is some value now talk to me about the total 57 and a half can we expect to see some offense led by Sam Howell today for UNC obviously a lot of totals booked toward the higher margin of college football this year yeah I think North Carolina could score but these games between right. North Carolina and South Carolina have traditionally been lower scoring. I don't know how South Carolina is going to score. That's my problem. Zeb Noland is the name to remember today, Ben. He's playing quarterback for South Carolina. This is his second college football season of the year because he played for North Dakota State back in the spring. And the only reason yep. he started games at North Dakota State was because some guy named Trey Lance opted out of playing in the spring to declare for the draft and at that point my man Zeb decided I'm not going to play college football anymore I'm going to get into a coaching career I'm going to be a GA on Shane Beamer's staff insert a couple of injuries on South Carolina's roster and here we are Zeb Noland who started the season as a GA on Shane Beamer's staff starting the Duke's Mayo Bowl at 11:30 Eastern and people say there's too many bowl games. And people try to tell you that college football is not the best darn sport out there. Zeb Nolan, a transfer initially from Iowa State. And when Josh says that, it's not a grad transfer that made his way to Columbia. He is a grad assistant on the staff 
of Shane Beamer. He started the opener for the Gamecocks this year. Now he will end it in the Duke's Mayo Bowl against North Carolina. And again, that total is fascinating, Josh, because 57 and a half is the lowest total of the entire year for North Carolina. It's the highest total of the entire year as of right now for South Carolina. The Duke's Mayo Bowl and a grown man getting doused with a bucket of mayonnaise in about three and a half hours from now. Now, you will remember Josh Graham for a variety of things. His takes on the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise, certainly so. But also from being on this very program and being the only media member brave enough to pick Pittsburgh to win the ACC Coastal Division in the preseason. Sure enough, Pitt won the Coastal and won the Conference Championship. Now tonight, get to lead off the New Year's Six Bowls against Michigan State. And we've seen some line movement here as well. The Spartans opened up as an underdog. Now MSU, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Why, Josh? Because two of the biggest players in this game will not play. A Heisman finalist for Pittsburgh, the quarterback Kenny Pickett, has opted out. On the other side for Michigan State, Kenneth Walker III, one of the leading rushers in all of college football, also will not play in the Peach Bowl tonight. So, Josh, how do you make sense of this game between the Panthers and the Spartans. Are you riding with Pittsburgh one final time? I have no read on this whatsoever. Without Kenny Pickett, without Mark Wibble, I have no idea what to make yep. of the Pitt Panthers. And I don't know what to make of Michigan State without Kenneth Walker either. But I will say, if there was a play in this game, it might be the over. Even though Kenny's not playing, that Michigan State defense, the worst pass defense in all of college football, so I don't think Pittsburgh's going to have any problem moving the football. And I think I think Michigan State still probably has more talent, probably going to win the game. So when you add those right. two things together, like what, what are we looking at they need to get to in order to cross the finish line? I think it's very achievable. I don't know if I would bet it, but if there was a side in this, I think it would be the total, the over. The total? Yeah, the total opened up at 62 and a half. It's almost down by a touchdown because of that idea of the lack of offense tonight with Kenny Pickett out and with no Kenneth Walker. But what you need to know about Michigan State, at least, Peyton, Thur Peyton Thorne, the third most efficient passer in the Big Ten Conference this year, they can still move the football, Michigan State. It will be Nick Patty on the other side for Pittsburgh, making his first start of the year, only has attempted 14 passing attempts so far in this college football season so josh we've seen a crazy bowl season with some games being canceled unfortunately other teams not being able to play due to COVID issues and because of that in the gator bowl wake forest will now face off against rutgers and as we were discussing wake forest around a 16 point favorite against rutgers a five and seven football team a big number josh which side would you lean lay them Lay them. It's Wake Forest. Wake, this is their opportunity for the second 11-win season in their program's history. And Rutgers took four weeks off doing God knows what since their regular yep. season finale. Now they're going to get excited for playing Wake Forest in the Gator Bowl. It's Rutgers. They've been playing football since 1869, and this is only their 11th bowl game. And they're 5-7 and seven playing on New Year's Eve. Wake Forest deserves yep. to be there. I'm glad they have an opponent. I'm happy for Rutgers continuing to play their season. But I see no reason for Rutgers to get up for this game, and I see no reason why this Wake Forest offense that dropped 70 in West Point not to drop a massive number. You watched Maryland-Virginia Tech yesterday. 
saw what the Big Ten mm. did to the ACC. I think the ACC gets back tomorrow early 11 a.m. start for the Gator Bowl. And you know you can trust Josh Graham when he tells you something good about Wake Forest because apparently the guy doesn't like the Demon Deacons even being there in Winston-Salem. <laughs> Josh Graham, a radio host at WSJS Radio in the triad in North Carolina, joining us here on a Thursday on the morning after. Josh, a very happy new year to you. Thank you for breaking down the Duke's Mayo Bowl for us and letting us know that Mac Brown would not only take a mayonnaise bath, but a frying pan to the face if his team gets a victory. Happy New Year and go Deeks. Go Deeks. Morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are getting ready for a whole slew of football to finish out 2021 and enter a new year in 2022. We talked about the college football bowl slate on this Thursday. Four games. We'll continue to break that down throughout the rest of the morning after. But right now we go back to the pros in the National Football League. Looking forward to some week 17 winners from FanDuel's Ryan Williams. If you are watching the morning after on SportsGrid, all across the SportsGrid network, and listening on SiriusXM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, now very pleased to welcome on FanDuel's Ryan Williams to help us break down the Week 17 slate. Ryan, it's almost a little bit of sadness that we don't have Thursday night props to get to and some plays to target on this Thursday. College football will fill that gap, but a ton of games for some Week 17 winners on a Sunday slate. Ryan, as always, thank you for joining us here on a Thursday on TMA. Oh, man, it wouldn't be a Thursday without being on the morning after. So I appreciate you having me, Ben. Yeah, no Thursday, a little bit of sadness, but I know you love it. So you can get your college bets in and, and hopefully I can tell you on a couple of those. And then I'll help out the people here, hopefully with some NFL bets for Sunday. We know that you will help out the people for some NFL bets on Sunday to start off their new year in 2022 in a very profitable way. No Thursday night football game, but when you look at the NFL Week 17 slate, you might look at an over-under total of 37.5 and, and think it's a Big Ten game on a Sunday. Well, at least in the Big Ten portion of the country, the Chicago Bears hosting the New York Giants. A total at 37 in a hook. Ryan, it is so small. Do we dare have the stones to sweat out and under on Sunday? Yeah, man, this this is one where I kind of played with it back and forth. But you're just looking at this game just kind of being miserable. I mean, I guess football weather in January <laughs> here in Chicago is what we're getting. But 37 in the hook does not feel good. But you're looking at neither one of these teams averaging 18 points on the season. Uh, that has been quarterback roulette the past couple of weeks for, for the Bears. Justin uh, Fields and Andy Dalton are now both practicing again this week. So I do think that we'll probably see Fields as the starter here to close out the year with only two games being left. And just the the game, the offense just hasn't been as, as much of a success for whatever that's worth just with Fields running these Matt Nagy packages. So, and then we're looking on the other side with the Giants. They've absolutely been abysmal the past couple of weeks, not having anything going with their offense and most of their skilled players being on the injury reserve or, or injury report 
for most of this season. So I just think that the, both of these teams are going to look to just take what the defense gives them, uh, you know, get out here with a win on either side and just let it be what it is. I wouldn't be surprised at seeing, you know, like a, a 17 to six game or something like that scored here on Sunday. The Bears, yeah, the Bears, a five and a half point home favorite on Sunday in Soldier Field, the second to last day of the year 2022, the second to last week of the regular season, hopefully for Chicago, the second to last game with Matt Nagy as the head coach. Maybe that's just me saying that because Justin Fields deserves so much better. So that game, Ryan, no playoff ramifications, but tons of playoff scenarios across the board in the second to last week of the NFL regular season. So from the smallest total of the weekend to one of the highest and over under right now at 51 in a hook between Kansas City and Cincinnati in Cincy on Sunday. A huge game for both sides. If the Chiefs win and the Titans lose, KC books the number one seed in the AFC with a win for tennis or with a win for Cincinnati. Meanwhile, they claim the AFC North division. The Chiefs a five and a half point favorite, but the focus is the total. A lofty number, Ryan. Which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean o- over this number, which I believe is at 51. So that w- that was my mistake, Vinny. Mm-hmm. I think I put 51 and a half, but it is at 51 okay. on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But it will it will get to 51 and a hook, I believe, uh, go- going closer to Sunday because both of these teams are just so explosive, and we're looking at the numbers that Patrick Mahomes has actually put up in road matchups has actually been pretty stout. His numbers over his career have been great on the road. And you have another offense on the other side that's going to, you know, force this team, I believe, to to keep the foot on the gas. They're, they don't have any Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, this week. They're going to be using uh, Daryl Williams and Derek Gore backfield to a certain extent. Mm. They're getting Travis Kelsey back. I think that points the, the point shows that the KC Chiefs will try and win this game. And actually, like you said, playoff ramifications in this game because if the Chiefs don't win this game and the Titans win out, they're in they're in fear of losing the number one seed there uh, because Tennessee holds yeah. the tiebreaker against them. And then we know what's happening with the Cincinnati Bengals. They have a chance to clinch the AFC North, which I don't think anybody projected coming in to this season yeah. there. So the, the Bengals are really, you know, in a, in a good spot. And then anytime that we can find a team that's going to force the Chiefs to be aggressive, we like getting the over there. The Chiefs minus 280 right now to be the number one overall seed in the AFC on FanDuel. The Bengals minus 240, meanwhile, to win the AFC North. Again, with a win, the Bengals claim the division. With a win for Kansas City and a Tennessee loss, the Chiefs, the number one overall seed in the AFC postseason picture. The Chiefs have gone over in three straight games. The offense has woken up 48 points, 34 points, 36 points in three straight games. The Bengals over in three of their last five. That total right now at 51, but up by two points from an opener at 49. It would be, if it stopped today, the second highest total of the weekend. Dallas, Arizona, 51 and a hook right now. So Ryan, as we continue to run through the board, we just said the Chiefs with a win in a Tennessee loss on Sunday at home. The Chiefs are the number one overall seed. The Titans, a three and a half point home favorite against the Miami Dolphins. The Finns have won seven straight. They have covered in six of seven. How do you approach that matchup between Miami and Tennessee? Yeah, so bear with me here, Ben, because this is a fun one where I think that we want to take both the the Miami plus three and a half, and we also want to take the Tennessee money line. So we we like... 
so so we want to head we want to hedge here because Miami okay. plus three and a half. You know, you're looking at this where they started two and six against the spread, right? So they they have looked like they were they were scrubs to start. Now, now they've been six and one against the spread. Um, so you definitely love that here. But I also like the Tennessee side of things. I know it's kind of weird, but they've actually been kind of stellar at home. KC, Buffalo, San Francisco, Indy that they faced. Um, and then five and one mm-hmm. in games decided by three or less. So it's one where it's kind of a little bit dicey there. But I do like both sides um, of that if, you, if you're having trouble deciphering, deciphering that game. Certainly so. And when you see that key number around a field goal, now the hook in the advantage of the Dolphins. But the great thing, Ryan, about the FanDuel Sportsbook is a thing called same-game parlays. And you could same-game parlay this. And because of how unlikely it would seem for a a three-and-a-half-point favorite to just win the game with the other team to cover, if you take the Dolphins plus the points, plus three-and-a-half, and and the Titans' money line right now at minus 176, you ready for this payout? Plus 617 for what could be... We like exactly that. what happens in Tennessee on Sunday. The Titans win by a field goal. Dolphins cover. Titans win. Were they Titans win, by the way? They claim the AFC South and earn a bid to the postseason. So, Ryan Williams, breaking it down for you in the second to last week of the NFL regular season like only <laughs> he can. Ryan Williams from FanDuel joining us once again on a Thursday here on the morning after. So, let's go from Thursday to Sunday night, a divisional duel in Lambeau. The Packers a six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings. With a win for Green Bay in a Dallas loss to Arizona, the Packers clinch the number one overall seed in the NFC. They are minus 700 to be that top seed in the NFC postseason picture. Ryan, can they win and potentially cover on Sunday night against the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, I think that they'll win. It's just a point of will they cover against this Vikings team. Uh, The Vikings actually are looking for three straight wins against the Green Bay Packers, um, which, you know, is is really unheard of when you're thinking about this team. I think it's only happened one other time for them. Uh, They actually could have consecutive wins in Green Bay. Uh, if they were to win this game. So, you know, Minnesota with playoff uh, playoff implications on the line, they they really could be coming out swinging. Now, also, you're looking at the Minnesota Vikings. They have a mar- an average margin of defeat by 4.4 points. Okay, that's the smallest yeah. in the NFL. So this is not a team that goes out and kind of lays down. Uh, I know they don't have Adam Thielen. He was put on IR. His season's probably done. But getting Dalvin Cook back, that should definitely help them out here. Um, so this is going to be an interesting one at Lambeau, and I'm not usually one to bet against the Packers at Lambeau, but the writing's on the wall here for Minnesota getting pl- six and a half uh, to cover. Minnesota has played a one-score game in 14 of their 15 games this year. That is what the Vikings do in the year 2021 in the NFL regular season. So as you look at that game, playoff implications, certainly. Minnesota still on the outside looking in, at the NFC wildcard race. A lot has to go their way down the stretch, but maybe at least spoiling the Packers' ability to become the number one overall seed would be a lot of fun for those divisional foes. Ryan, one of the more fascinating lines to me right now is the Indianapolis Colts against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Colts, would they win, earn a bid into the postseason? And of course, we got the news a couple of days back that Carson Wentz has been placed on the COVID-19 list. You would think with the starting quarterback going out or potentially being uncertain for his status entering Sunday, and obviously the new CDC guidelines that have led to new NFL regulations as well, could mean Carson is back for this game. But you would think 
this would move the line drastically. The Colts opened as a seven and a half point favorite. Right now, Indy's still only laying six and a half points, only one point of line movement. Do you think we're getting a good number still on Indianapolis? Yeah, I think we're, we are getting a good number. I mean, you, you're looking at the protocols just changing as of as of this week, Ben. I mean, they and it's going to be all Sunday. It's not like we have, you know, the Island game on Thursday and the Saturday games that we've yeah. been having. Everybody's focus is going to be on the NFL on Sunday. So they want their marquee players playing. They want they don't want, you know, the backups to come in and, and mess around here and and and. Uh, change the viewership. So I do think Carson Wentz is going to be playing and we absolutely love what the Colts have been doing over the past couple of weeks with, you know, pretty much dominating in fashion outside of that Tampa Bay game where they lost but still put up 31 points. And this Raiders offense has been reeling, you know, the past couple of weeks. They just have not been able to get it together. I think they're just ready for the season to be over and done with. So this could be a big game for Jonathan Taylor. You love that the Colts are getting Darius Leonard back, the, you know, captain of the defense. I think it's going to be a hard time for the Raiders to get anything going here they love to run the ball and this is just not a team that you run the ball against so Darius Leonard Carson Wentz suiting up six and a half we love getting this number right now Quentin Nelson also back one of the stellar offensive linemen across the entire NFL the Colts have won six of their last seven they have covered in five of their last seven the Raiders offense has been sputtering the most points they have scored over the last four weeks 17 just averaging barely over two touchdowns. So a full Sunday slate quickly here, Ryan, a look to Monday as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Break it down for us quickly. So we got three things here. Steelers have won 17 straight at home against Cleveland. Check. Roethlisberger Mm. is 24-2-1 versus Cleveland in his career. Check. And we also just got news that Roethlisberger is saying this could be his last game in Heinz Field. Yep. Just this morning, Brooke Poirier was breaking the news. So, I mean, those three things lining up here for the Steelers, who are home dogs, plus three mm. uh, uh, against Cleveland at home. I just got to take the Steelers on that side. I actually just put 100%. some hefty money on the Steelers. <laughs> 100%. Plus 150 on the money line. It's big Ben's game at Heinz Field. Ryan Williams from FanDuel breaking it down. The week 17 winners across the board. Ryan, a very happy new year to you. We will talk again in 2022. A special Jack Cap for the college football weekend up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our number two of this Thursday edition of the Morning After on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Heading into a huge college football weekend, each and every week, we give you the Jack Weinberger Handicap of the Weekend. Because Jack caps games like nobody else you will find around the college football landscape. And normally, Jack texts me these things. But for the college football playoff semifinals, we have a huge Huge debut here on the morning after Jack Weinberger live in studio. Jack, I know it's a CFP semi. I don't know what the cap is. Take it away, my friend. Big Ten Ben, pleasure's all mine to be joining you here in studio, Midtown Manhattan. I am honored, and let's get right to it. So my cap of the week involves Cincinnati and Alabama. Okay. I was in my car the other day, 
picking up a going for a drive, picking up a sandwich after I got off work. Yeah. Turn the car on, turn the radio up, and the first song that I hear, Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama, okay. one of my favorites. Listen the whole way through, all time classic. Yeah. There's one problem with that song though, Ben. Okay. And it mentions a lyric where Leonard Skinner shouts out the town Muscle Shoals. It's a town in Alabama. I'm sure it's a nice town, but every time I hear it, that part of the song, Muscle Shoals, it reminds me of the food muscles. Not even spelled the same way, but it reminds me of the food muscles, yeah. and I hate muscles. Oh. My favorite food is chili. Uh -oh. I can eat chili 24-7. The chili capital of the country is Cincinnati, no. with over 180 chili restaurants. Ben, Suit of Alabama is a great song, but give me Cincinnati, not just plus the points, outright plus 410 in this game over Alabama. Give me a fifth-year senior quarterback, best secondary in the country. Alabama, not a Goliath-type team we've seen like other Alabama teams in the past. This is a game that Cincinnati, I think, can win and will win. Give me Jerome Ford, ready to run angry over his old team. Cincinnati plus 410, Chili over Muscles, Bearcats over Bama. Skyline Chili to celebrate on New Year's Eve. A Jack Weinberger cap, hour three of the morning after, up next. Dispensing little pearls of sports strategy wisdom like gumballs from the machine where your dad used to take you for a haircut when you were a kid. <laughs>